Welcome back to another episode of Mixing It Up with Maggie. I'm Maggie, as you guys already know. And on the second episode of season four, I wanted to talk about mental health in relation to social media. Now, in the past, as you guys may know, I had my friend Tiffany um, who spoke about consumerism and the psychology of consumerism, especially around the holidays, seasonal affective disorder. And we did like a, a YouTube video on it as well. I encourage you guys to listen to all of these. But today I have my friend here, my friend Dave. And Dave, we're about to talk about social media and mental health. I'm Dave. Hey, I'm finally on your podcast. Since we're talking about social media, I could probably read my Instagram bio. It kind of encapsulates everything. Human, twin, because I'm a fraternal twin, uh, mental health advocate, then writer, filmmaker, and then the little byline is... um sharing my mental health or oh, hashtag mental health recovery journey my life and my truth warts and all so that's how my bio looks and that's i guess a good introduction to me that's a great way to to start because we are going to be talking about what are our social media habits and how does that affect our our mental health even though i have commented about this topic before i don't think i've really talked about my own personal like mental health and even though i've had a lot of people in my life who come up to me and say hey i'm i'm depressed they, they have like a particular label i mean we've talked about it before. yeah and i'm gonna be very honest i've never been diagnosed with anything or i've never taken medication specifically for mental health and so i felt that because all of the above check right <laughs> because i didn't do those things or i wasn't at that level that i'm fine you know i'm, I'm cool like I, I didn't need to talk to any therapy uh, therapist about anything uh you know i'll just i wake up and i'm sad sometimes and that's okay like that was what i thought and then um after learning a little bit more about seasonal affective disorder i was like oh wait my this, favorite topic this is this is not science fiction because it can sound like that <laughs> Um, this can actually be something and it doesn't have to be everything in your life, but it is something last year after a very stressful situation of moving, of, um, not having a, a job and, and, and everything. I mean, idle minds, it is, it's probably the worst, it's, especially for me. Um, I'm a very like outgoing social person. So if I'm in a house for longer than 72 hours, I'm freaking out. So I started not enjoying things that I used to enjoy. And my mom was the one who caught it. And she was like, there's something wrong with you because you don't talk to anybody. When I'm not talking, there's something wrong. Yeah. And she would say that I wouldn't watch TV. And now everybody knows I'm a TV addict. And a lot of people use like, oh, I'm just Netflix. Uh, I use Netflix and I just like chill and, and watch TV or whatever. I wasn't doing any of those things. I literally just lay in bed. I don't know what was going on. I, mean, I totally relate. Because yeah. like when I'm at my worst, my anxiety, when my anxiety before more than now, because I cope better now. But yeah, my anxiety would completely disable me. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be enjoying shows or whatever. Like, yeah, eat all that stuff. I finally felt what and other I love people. Food. Yeah. <laughs> and what other people were you know have told me before where they say listen i want i want to get out of bed i i there's a desire for me to do so and then your body's not cooperating exactly. that's exactly what it and is. i never understood what that meant and it, it's really difficult for somebody who's never been through that to understand what that means because some people would just qualify it as like you're being lazy or just get over it or whatever 
So I decided to do something that I'd never done before because I always thought it was hokey, uh, hokey pokey, but I decided to start meditation. And after I started meditation, I felt immediately within like the first like maybe week and a half, like a, a change in myself. And um, I have um, to, a, to a certain degree um, social media and technology to to, to kind of thank for that in a way. And I know a lot of people have negative experience with both of these things, but I, I think we can always look at the positive. So I don't know what your opinion is on this, but what, what yeah. has your um, mental health journey been as much as you can share? And then yeah, yeah. how do you correlate it to there's, social media? There's a lot to chew on there. Obviously, you know, just by my Instagram handle, which is anxiety warrior, um, anxiety double underscore warrior, unders, uh, double underscore if anybody wants to uh, find me, but I have a lot of feelings. I mean, obviously, I try to use my social media, especially Instagram, which is what I use the most, um, as like a vehicle for mental health advocacy. And also, you know, to sort of share, like I said, my recovery journey and my life, my truth, warts and all, like to show that nobody's life is perfect and, and all that. And I try to be very forthcoming about my challenges and how I overcome those or, or not in whatever circumstance. But, you know, there's also a huge negative side to all that, which we haven't really talked about. I've mentioned it here and there, but like I have a real dependency on my smartphone and technology in general. And I don't know if I would call it an addiction, but it probably is. I mean, I'm sure like a lot of us are pretty addicted to, to the phone, but like um, some have it worse than others. I know that mine has and can and can still get really bad. So there's a yin and yang to it for sure. I'm still sort of struggling to have the good outweigh the bad is sort of the other way around. You know, just because we're having this podcast, it doesn't mean that, you know, I have my, all my shit together. You know, I don't know if I can curse on here, but. Um, you can. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean like I have all my shit together or like I'm at some sort of peak where. I have nothing wrong and I'm not still struggling and all that. You know, there's plenty of struggle still to be had. Like anybody, I use my phone constantly. The only the only negative I saw for me was looking constantly at the news and seeing things that I, I couldn't do anything about. The first thing I did, I downloaded a meditation app. Again, using the technology. I didn't use a book, even though there's tons of books. I didn't use another person, even though I have spoken even here on my podcast about the benefits of meditation. To me, it was like, I don't know what else to do. Like, it, it, I didn't, I couldn't think of anything else. So I downloaded this app. I, I did the meditation for it. In that period of time, I started kind of like this cleaning process, you know, kind of like the Marie Kondo. If something doesn't bring you joy, throw it away. On social media, I started thinking, does this bring me joy? Does this, following this person, following this account, does it bring me joy or anxiety? And I discovered that even though I still follow at least one or two news sources, news was a trigger for me. Like looking yeah, I at can't, news. Yeah, I can't do news more than once a week. And I usually watch it in a comedic way, like, you know. Yeah. Something like John Oliver or Trevor Noah or something. Right. And then the other thing was things that had to do with losing weight. I had a lot of those accounts because I was like, oh, you know, I was in, in this journey of like, well, if I look at enough of these things, right, it's kind of like a Pinterest board or, or a dream board where like if I look at it enough, I'll just get inspired and motivated. And No, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Right. So <laughs> I still for, try, me, yeah. for yeah. me, it didn't. It actually made me feel unmotivated. It made the opposite effect. It's too much. There's too much out there. Since then, I have done this maybe 
four different times like you know if i'm bored or something and or if i'm started to feel that you know and i, and I mentioned to you like as soon as october hits it's like my body knows like something oh, bad yeah, is too. coming and I I'm get already there. right. I'm, I'm already there too. I <laughs> I hate the winter. I, the older you know, I get, so. and I had to like apologize. I I apologized to to a friend of mine last week. I was like, I I'm sorry. Like I, it's not that I don't want to hang out. You know, you have to kind of look do that apology because it's not that We're you're drinking. Right? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm trying to get real, so <laughs> yeah, we gotta lubricate a little bit. Um, but um, I, I try to do the whole filter thing. If someone or something is not bringing me joy in social media it's just so easy to unfollow that and start following accounts that either you know reinforce and i'm not saying you know live in a bubble um but reinforce um good things in your life so i follow i tend to follow a lot of accounts that have to do with like women empowerment that's very important to me um writing prompts or like things have to do with like writing or screenwriting um and things like that and then i stopped following certain accounts i'm not going to mention specific accounts but certain ones that were not were just bringing me down and so it's good to have somebody like you on social media especially because on instagram we call it like oh this like um this this is where you only show your your nice stuff i'm trying to show the good and the bad i know i've done a couple things so like meditation I've, that's the one thing I still consistently do and have done for years every single day. How did you find out about meditation? Um, honestly, there were certain online programs. Again, you know, the internet does have a use. Like we're talking about the good and the bad. So I started doing what they call usually like 21-day meditation journeys or challenges or whatever. And there were all different types. There were like singing mantra types. There were like silent types, chanting, whatever, a whole bunch. The one I still kind of do all the time when it's a when it pops up is the Deepak Chopra and Oprah Winfrey one. Um, still, I'm doing one right now. It's called. It's about empowerment. I think 21 day empowerment journey or whatever. So like I've done very different types of meditation, just experimenting over the years. Um, almost done with it. But anyway, the one that I usually do when I'm not doing one of these Deepak uh, Chopra ones. Or, or whatever um it's usually just silence silence just sitting there so it's more than that I actually went um i can i guess plug this if people want to look for it but it's on that um youtube channel actualize.org uh bald guy just like me <laughs> <You'll> <laughs> we'll put it. that we'll put all the yeah, links yeah, yeah. down below yeah he calls it the do nothing technique so you're basically just sitting there for at least 20 minutes you know 20 minutes is a good time that's why i usually do um if i'm pressed for time i do seven minutes but ideally i would like to do an hour but that's like this busy lifestyle it's hard to do yeah so you just sit there and he calls what he calls it is letting your monkey mind go loose so you're doing two two things in this do nothing technique but you're sitting there physically completely still any any like inkling any itching anything any desire to move you control that but what you do while you do that is you let your mind go loose. Because think about it, all the stimulation to tie back to social media and the internet, all the stimulation we have going on, being thrown at us all day, every day, especially someone like me who's on my phone all day. Like I was just looking at my um, screen time app on my phone and it was like my average was like eight hours a day. It was like, that's that's not... a job. You can get paid for yeah, that. Yeah, that's like a third of my life. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, so you let your mind go loose 
basically is like letting the monkey out of the cage because usually we don't have time to just sit there and not have things coming at us and our minds take is taking that in the whole day there's that whole thing of like man's problems all of man's problems come from like not being able to sit in a room alone for by himself or by herself or whatever so you're essentially just yeah you're letting that monkey out of the cage and just letting your mind just go because a lot of meditation a lot of meditation practices are all about focusing on the breath or not or control not controlling your thoughts but not being carried away with them um you know they're more like clouds passing by in the sky or whatever but this is more about just letting that mind go loose because we're just keeping that monkey in the cage the whole day while we're like being bombarded by all this stimulus and this is just me because i I'm, I'm a i'm a media scholar i teach media production i've done media literacy and all that stuff i feel like it's media and, and social media does have an effect on you but i think that you have to take responsibility as to what that effect will be and it's hard it's really hard yeah. um and for me i was like okay if i'm gonna use this device for eight plus hours a day yeah. it has to be useful to me not the opposite of way around not me not it using me for my for my personal gain so the first i was very basic i downloaded headspace and i did the like the basic meditation like how to start off a lot of these apps make you pay though no yeah of course but i did the yeah. free and then you go and move on to another app that has the that's free what i'm day. saying but the good thing about i mean different yeah. techniques works for different they work for different people but the good thing about the one i was talking about is that it's completely free and you don't need any tools so but i did just so you see i didn't i didn't know that i and i think that um for a lot of people when you're starting out or you or you want to use your phone um differently it's hard because you don't you don't know how to everybody's just telling you go go on instagram or go on twitter or and and, and those types of things for me i downloaded the app and even though i finished the you know like the seven day or like the free trial and stuff like that i was able to utilize those skills to then if i was going to use another app now i feel like i can do it without the app but yeah, same. I, that was the same right way. like I, at the beginning you need you need a little bit i personally felt like i needed a little bit of guidance technology needs to work for us that's that's my whole point in this so that's a perfect and segue yeah. to like the, my first i have books guys i have books yeah books. books are also working for us all the time oh yeah now yes. I, so this perfect segue to the first the book the, i guess out of the three books that i have the one that is most um related to our topic it's called uh, how to break up with your phone by Catherine price it's broken up to two parts and the first part is the wake up which is just telling you all about you know talking about taking the power into your own hands it tells you all about the practices that all these companies all these apps do to sort of hijack your brain and your attention and how a lot of it is not really under our control if we're not aware of it i think there always needs to be a balance and i and i feel like a lot of what we hear online on television or whatever is always go cold turkey put like there's games where like for example um i know that there's a game where if you're with a bunch of friends and and you say okay if somebody answers their phone while we're eating they have to pay for the whole bill or like people put their phones in a in a in a jar in the middle of the table or whatever yeah, there's yeah. a there's even a movie about that came out where there's people in a in a table and they said like whoever's phone rings first and they cannot stop themselves from answering they have to read that message or that, that? 
it's a it's a Spanish movie, and it causes a lot of problems because like you don't know who's texting you. There's so like the, the whole thing of like privacy and and all of that stuff. Uh, yeah, but, I don't like having my phone on the table but, when, I, when I'm eating with people. But to me, it's not about quitting cold turkey, and I think that that's why a lot of people have a very difficult time or a very um, difficult thing about like social media. For me, it's like how can I, what is it that I'm what is it that I'm consuming and and this is something I and I even you know talk about it when I when I was teaching and it was not about don't watch TV obviously have a balance in your life but it's what are you watching what are you consuming what are you putting your energy towards yeah. when you have yeah. your phone or is it that your phone is just you know telling you to do something you it's, can always turn off notifications you can, there's yeah like there's so many things that we could it. talk about that I have to do because I'm like too dependent but um yeah it's all about empowerment and knowledge and being aware of just awareness like what do you because it's very easy and most people do this to just and i do it a lot too but just to like turn on your phone or whatever app and and then you don't like it's just it's good to be aware of where you're spending your time and what that's why i'm reading this book because you you start to be more aware of the things that are being done to hijack your attention I was reading um, this study that was, it was in one of the journals from Cambridge University. And they were talking a lot about how they, they wanted to really study the future of mental health, uh, mental health and peer-to-peer support in social media. And I want to talk a little bit about this because you mentioned something earlier and you said, well, some of the apps that you use, you people have to pay for. Healthcare and like mental health care is not accessible to everybody or not it, it is now i think that most insurance started to put you know therapy and other things within the insurance so when people do not have access to um mental health care they turn to the things that they have for free and one of the things is well yeah self-medication <laughs> i mean that's part of it right but like Phone's a part of that but in the study people turn to um social media and it says like people with serious mental health illnesses i'm quoting this yeah. are increasingly turning to popular social media including facebook twitter or youtube to share their illness experiences or seek advice from others with similar health conditions and um this emerging communication um is it's it's called um peer-to-peer support and one of the conclusions made from the study was that this is going to not decrease. This is going to be probably it for now for a very long time. So future research um, must explore these opportunities to support and empower people with serious um, mental health and illness through online peer networks because it's good. I know a lot of people that have found a lot of refuge in um, building online communities and support groups. But the problem to me is that um, either A, if, if it's like a serious mental health condition, like not everybody is like apt to give advice. Yeah. And two, what if you're misdiagnosed, you know, what if you, you know, this kind of like self-diagnosis that a lot of people do because they don't have, you know, the opportunity to go to a doctor and be like, okay, this is what you have. Or actually you don't have anything. You're just going through this trauma or whatever. Yeah, I mean, um, I have a lot of feelings about all of that. Yeah, so first, so talk to me about, you know, have you found support on social media or online? And do you actually think that that helps? Yeah, so it does, it does. But again, it's not a substitute for real professional help. A lot of things in general in life, but if you're trying to get help for something, 
you need to supplement things together. And it's not just a one size fits all. It's not just a one thing is going to cure me or whatever you want to call it. I guess I can sort of break this down in terms of my journey. Pretty hooked to the internet since it was around. So like since dial up days. And I was what, in seventh grade? I'm 30 now. So it's a long time. Um, and then the longer you do something, the longer you start creating rituals and habits around it. Um, and then it's so crazy. Like, you know, we're talking about phones and all that, but we're also talking about mental health. So it's, it's so crazy. Like I knew this before, but it's so crazy. The more and more I learn how anxiety and depression, but especially anxiety are linked to phone use and, and just phone, like technology abuse and internet and social media and all that stuff we're talking about. The book kind of goes into it a little bit, but, um, in terms of like, like I was saying professional help, like I've been going to therapy since I was 23. So for seven years now, um, it helps to have that weekly check-in because you're just like unloading certain things that because, you know, it become, it can become too much and you have nowhere else to put it, you know, really, especially if you don't have someone to talk about it with, uh, someone who's like professionally there to listen to you. But, um, so yeah, to tie it back to what we're talking about, it's not a one thing cures all or whatever like you have to supplement and social media is not a professional help it's a supplement the program i've eventually found for anxiety called dare it's an acronym i have two books here about that but it's a it's an acronym for four techniques diffuse allow run towards engage um it's for anxiety and panic attacks and it's been sort of the single greatest thing to sort of help me overcome or deal with my anxiety and there's a lot of different types of anxiety and i can go go through that some people have social anxiety and my thing was more job performance related it's called ergophobia if you want to look it up but the reason i bring that up is because i have an app which i use every single day aha back to yeah. using your phone for, I can, for good <laughs> i can ramble but i i know how to bring it back yeah on topic um there's an app for that yes it's called dare for anxiety if you want to if you guys struggle with anxiety it i really suggest checking it out there's a lot of good free stuff on there i do the 10 bucks a month subscription because it's just like basically it's been life-saving literally and it's worth it for me the one reason why i saw facebook is because there is a dare community on there there's you know facebook has groups or whatever and that and especially in the beginning of this journey with this program that was really helpful because it's literally all the people who are doing this program and they all have different problems but in terms of anxiety like i said there's different types of anxieties which the book goes into and um you can go on there for support you can go on there and say you know i'm going through this or read other people's stories and that's that's been tremendously helpful especially if i was going up for a big job or whatever it is um you know i'm not afraid to get real like let's let's talk about it but like i in terms of my anxiety problems like they started when i was an adult basically 18 um i had to leave school because of it because it got so bad and then i wasn't able like i was working for a while but then i wasn't able to work for i want to say six years at least um until i started finding programs like this and that's how we you know we met at the festival circuit you know i was doing things since during that time i was making films i was working on sets i was doing things every here like here and there um but in terms of consistent work like it was very hard finding an online community and talking about um these particular issues have helped 
I am not it, this is so weird because I'm I'm you know I I enjoy my phone I enjoy you know looking at stuff online or whatever um I am a classroom learner like also like that's that's the other thing too like your personality right like I'm I'm a very I'm a, like a social person I'm a very I'm a very outgoing social person I I am on my phone constantly, but if I'm in a party, if I'm having a good time, like I don't feel the need to be on my so phone. So I'm the same. I, Sorry, go ahead. I don't yeah. want to interrupt. I don't do well with um, like chats. Like I know a lot of people love creating these little groups and updating people. Like my family has a chat group. I, um, I hate And WhatsApp. I am just... <laughs> I am and I'll just, tell you why. I am second, just, but... I'm just the worst. I don't know what it is. I just don't feel like it... I don't feel like either a I have enough to say or like somebody already says it like that's my problem with Twitter and that's why I I barely go on Twitter is because um, one people do not understand that there's no like intonation in written words so yeah. like you and make up your text own and people hate it. I also don't like when people write me long texts. I, I oh, have a friend and I, I we go, I'm the we, king of essays. We go back and forth in this and I because I you know I but I, I, write, I write well. I'm a good writer. I'm oh no are you hello? Um <laughs> um no but um uh me and her got into a conversation about this because um she likes to write things out and whatever and I am like I need to I need to talk things through. I'm a very verbal you like talking person. on the phone? Um yeah, I like I like to talk. And the only time I don't is like if the other person and I and I know this and we are in an argument or in a discussion and we both interrupt each other a That's lot. The worst. So we will never get through it yeah, yeah. if we don't write it out. Um, however, when it comes to like online communities, I particularly don't find it. A, it doesn't help me personally. I do not like it. I like to engage and I like to talk things through. However, there was one point in my life I remember I was going through a really, really bad breakup. And I found out that online you can just, you know, go into like um, a call, a free number, or like there's like a chat room for where there's like psychologists there. Mind you, I didn't, I found it and I was like, is this real? Can I actually like tell this person my problem and will they, would, would it pop yeah. up an answer? Because sometimes you're so desperate for something. Oh, I know. Yeah. that you will go to something like it, a source that you don't even know and you just plug things in and i personally don't haven't found any help in uh, online communities but this is one of the main arguments for like a going for social media um i haven't found that but i have i go back to my argument that if it's not about disconnecting completely it's about what is it that you do you do with it i found you know just like you found um apps and we're going to talk about it because um towards the end of the show i do i like giving people like recommendations of whatever it is um i do have like an uh a health folder on my phone and i know you do as well and we're going to go through a little bit of yeah. what we have there yeah, yeah. But i felt like my my mental health journey has been a little bit more solo and part of it me can feel that way yeah part, but part of me kind of everything but i find it Again, I'm a very social person. So in for me, it had to be the opposite. I had to find ways to comfort myself and be alone and be okay with that and be okay with silence and be okay with 
really pretty much understanding what it is that i'm that i'm going through and it's not i think a lot of people and this is something that i wanted to like touch upon really quickly i think a lot of people think oh you know well maggie's such a social social butterfly she goes she says yes to everything um every party everything that we're doing and someone pointed out that i may do that to distract myself from actually dealing with my own things oh yeah you know oh yeah i'm um, currently in that way and in doing so i don't have a lot of people that come up to me and say hey how you doing it's more of like maggie's not sad maggie's always happy and there was a quote that says like always always check on your strong friend and i i rarely talk about like my mental health with on social media that's just not what i I like to empower and i like to feel empowered i like i like positive positive things but that was one of the things that i wrote and i was like you know this is just a reminder because i think a lot of people that are like me that are very social sometimes bury their problems and then nobody really knows that they're going through something unless they have the time or you know you're like me and you have you know one or two friends that you feel very comfortable breaking down in front of and that will be okay oh yeah i don't really have many friends like that maybe my ex-girlfriend who's my best friend by the way shout out i know you're gonna listen <laughs> so maybe i shouldn't say too much but yeah i mean so just to jump on that i was in a relationship for 10 years so basically most of my adulthood until two years ago we broke up well we broke up twice but the second time we broke up it was um a lot more mature and we're best friends you know we still talk i was just texting her the whole thing about self-love i basically grew into a, into adulthood in a relationship and i never sort of really met myself in a way it's funny because like to tie it back to the app the anxiety app for dare um there's a whole audio about self-love and self-compassion basically it boils down the simplest sort of way you can boil it down is like any free moment you have any you know where your mind is just idle just tell yourself i love myself while you're at the atm while you're working while you're whatever for sure because that's been sort of my biggest challenge because it all stems from that essentially i think everything stems from that yeah i think it all stems from a feeling of and we all have this a feeling of not feeling worthy or good enough or whatever i didn't know how how big that was the thing. Like, I always thought it that's was like, like the biggest thing. That's 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 the well, thing. That's I, it. I think a lot of the times I was I was taught more of like be selfless, and and then it wasn't until like recently that I, this like movement of like actually you need to be a little selfish and a little bit yeah. more of like self care. It's you. Yeah. You make decisions out of love or fear, and then it all starts from self-love essentially like that's where you have to start and like i'm still struggling with this but just learning how to say no <laughs> that's a really big <laughs> like, one yes that's a huge one you know yeah my journey in the past few years basically since the time i've known you has just been sort of getting to know myself like truly getting to know myself and getting to sort of start facing i think james baldwin says is you can't change anything until you face it it's just like stop like to stop running from these things and starting to face these things that I even at times like some of them I wasn't even aware of to tie it back like social media and all these things all these apps all these sort of modalities or whatever have helped for sure what are your thoughts on people maybe oversharing on uh, yeah. you know on, on um, social media and what and do you think that there is like because sometimes when something happens on the news or whatnot a lot of people are 
are like oh i never thought about this person or i never saw this in this person and then you go through their social media and they were it's not until later that we realized that they were starting things that they were saying that were kind of like cry for help and and sometimes you can't really distinguish that because some people then you know use i don't want to say this but some people do utilize social media for like you know like for attention and whatnot but that to me is also a, a cry for help and I, I I don't know how I feel about it. Like sometimes I, I my friends or somebody post something and I do when they post something, I do call them or I do text them and I'm like, hey, are you okay? And sometimes they're like, oh no, I just posted that for whatever the reason. Yeah, it all depends. Or sometimes there is something. It all depends. I have, uh, there's two things. Hopefully I don't forget the second because I have the worst short-term memory part, partly because of the phone, uh, which affects our short-term memory, by the way. There are some social, some mental health pages let's say on instagram or whatever that i had to unfollow or just that i became aware of were just basically out to overshare some of these people have like tens of thousands of followers or whatever it was just like a diary of like mental breakdowns basically and like just promoting like this is me currently going through an episode and i'm suicidal and all this stuff in lifetime on social media i think that's more damaging than helpful obviously i think it's very triggering Again, I'm not a professional, but I'm just through my life experience and through my advocacy and everything. I, that's my opinion. Yeah. So in that case, I think it's it's not helpful. I think it's more harmful and triggering and the whole thing of contagion and like people not inspiring people, but just like promoting certain things like, hey, I'm having a suicide episode episode like I'm going to record it type of thing that can be very, I think, endangering, I think. On the other hand, like, I'm an oversharer, you know? Like, I admit that readily, um, but... But, like, you share quotes, and I you share, like, um, like books that you're reading and, like, certain things, but I, I feel like there are certain people that go a little bit beyond that, and my fear is that, A, we never truly know what is it that they're going through, because I think even if you don't... Even if you don't intend it to be in a negative way, like... I'm just going to share this to get up to get uh, attention. I think that in and of itself is a cry for help. But yeah. then it also causes, and I have that here on my notes. It's like, you know, a lot of people say that having these things promote empathy, and for me, it actually promotes uh, desensitization. This, yes. you know, that word. Yeah, yeah. That no, I can't I pronounce because the more I see it, I'm like, oh my god, this uh, another one, like another person. It's like it's it, you know. And then it becomes kind of like, oh, well, this is so-and-so's page. I knew that this this is this was going to happen. Or I don't feel as bad because this is just a typical Monday for this person. Yeah, that's definitely a risk, I think. Um, I think it's all about balance at the end of the day. I try to, you know, I try to keep it positive and inspiring and share things that I think will help people um, through my own personal experience. You know, but sometimes, like I said, truth, warts and all, you know, and like I said in my bio, um, I try to show that it's okay to not be okay. But again, like I said, it's about balance. I'm not going to go on there and like, I'm just not going to overwhelm people with, because again, those are also very private moments. Not everything should be on there. Um, And you also have to have the time and the care and attention and all that stuff to go through these things in the moment by yourself. You can't even have perspective or like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, so after the fact, you know, like what it was that happened, 
if you're recording this in the moment, you have no sort of chance to sort of filter like what lens you want to show that through or whatever. I'm saying some of these pages are more harmful than helpful, I think, when you're doing things in real time. Um, there's this guy who like jumped off the San Francisco bridge and survived and he, his page is very inspiring because it's all about being here now and like continuing to live and all this stuff moment to moment. But it's not like he, during his episode or his crisis, like recorded that, you know what I mean? Like it's, there's a difference and some, some pages, some profiles don't understand that. And I, I think a lot of it is, you know, I remember a time when there wasn't the internet and social media. And yes. I'm 30 years old, right? Yes. We're, so like, we're Generation Y. I don't like when people say that we're millennials. Yeah, I don't we like, remember, I, don't like I remember word. the times, too, when we didn't have social media. I remember yeah. when we read the newspaper and it exactly. was paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess the next generation is Gen Z. I guess that's what they call it. They um, don't remember a time without internet and social media and all that. So they are really, truly living their entire lives online, most of them. And there's sort of no... I don't think they have they don't know any other way that's what, I'm, that's what i was trying to say yeah yeah which i think is not good in a way it's harmful well yeah. as I, I just i'm afraid for like if i grew up with social media like that social media didn't hit till i was like in college i think or like started to hit in high school yeah if i grew too. up and you know you know i kind of got teased and whatever from my head and all this stuff throughout my throughout school and like it was hard it was really hard you know it was probably the hardest thing of my of my adolescence but if the internet was around during that and I couldn't like escape from it when I got home, like I couldn't imagine what you, what you were saying. Let's say for example, bullying, you can escape it. Yeah. And we seem to have a higher suicide rate and bullying rate now because of, because of that. Like you can, you can be not going to school and still get bullied technically yeah. online. The other thing is that once is up there is really hard to take down and yes in your up there forever I think, right even if you delete it i don't know who knows and I mean, then, what our information information do you want for. like let's say for example someone that you're dating or somebody or maybe somebody that you're interviewing with for a job yeah, yeah to yeah. look through your social media and say oh my goodness like would do you th do you think that that happens do you think that like employers like go through social media and say this person seemed fine in the interview. And then I'm, I'm sure looking at their do. social I'm media sure they and they're not stable. My, so my page is public. A lot my, of people. Yeah, mine too. And I try to do that because, again, it's all about mental health advocacy and my journey and all that. I'm not all about trying to get followers. Like, if you have to follow me, if I follow you and vice versa and all this stuff, like a lot of people are. I don't really, I believe that metrics and numbers are harmful. I know why these apps do it, obviously. I'm not about that, but I keep it public because I want some of the positive stuff i put out there to sort of reach as many people as possible um and i've gotten a lot of i've gotten i want to say a lot of feedback from a lot of people but the feedback i've gotten from the people i've gotten it has sort of been very inspiring i've you know I'm, i know that it's helped a certain amount of people across the world which is crazy you know i sometimes i talk to um this girl in iran and i mean I, there's other examples but like you know some of these people found the dare app through me like that's very inspiring around the world like that's crazy so there is a balance i do want to show a realness to me for sure and like a best representation of myself as i can online i mean at the end of the day it's an avatar like all these things are for everyone but it's a balance you have to know that this stuff is going to be there even if you delete it and i don't really delete stuff much 
and I'm very honest if people have, if let's say if I'm dating some if I'm like going to date with someone not that I'm doing that but like I'm starting to do that um if I go on a date with someone and like they have a problem with it then so be it like I'm not going to change myself because someone else might have a problem with it or whatever just don't go far too far in one direction or the other I think you you were talking uh, also about how short our attention span have become because of um, our phone and our poor memory and I think that um, just as you have an app that can help you with um, anxiety because I've actually seen people that have like social anxiety be okay in a social circle because they're holding on to their phone it's like a security blanket oh, yeah. I actually use this app called fabulous and I mentioned it to you yeah I started using it yeah because you can say like little reminders to yourself and one of the things that like sometimes it would just pop up in the middle of the day maggie you forgot to drink water like drink water like something as yeah. that's what i'm saying about using your phone for you or like it could be one of the reminders could be um you know love yourself or like yeah. you know say say one great thing about yourself like you can you can technically do that and program your phone to do that like i know that because of that app i started my my nightly ritual of um of appreciating and saying thank you for the day because it has like yeah. a little gratitude, a little gratitude journal uh, it, ha night, it yeah. has like a little gratitude journal in it and granted even though um i don't pay for the i don't pay for the app i used the the, the free version yeah i utilize the skills that i learned from the free version to for I mean, my daily a, day the free version of the app is really good though so right so what i'm saying is that you're talking about you know being dependent on your phone why can't your phone be a good thing and you depend on it to tell you hey you know love yourself and like yeah. you know drink water throughout the day and um which i do because of the app yeah exactly <laughs> um, i mean there's there's a phone now that uh, it, it actually helps with anxiety and things like that because it has like your heart monitor yeah and your heart rate and it could be sent to someone that you care about or somebody that knows about you and say oh my god this person is having um a panic attack or is well, having i mean the anxiety. big thing about your heart rate and all that is obviously go to a doctor get checked out whatever but a lot of these symptoms i mean this is not an anxiety podcast so i won't go too much into that stuff but when I didn't have an answer, not you know, not to get too real, but I have a tattoo on my finger. It's a semi semicolon, as you can see. Yes. Um, and there's a thing called Project Semicolon, but I didn't really get it because of that. Um, I got it because what I re I read something one day, and it said the purpose of a semicolon is to um, is where the author continues a sentence where he could have ended it or where she could have could ended it. And you know, when where I was at my last wits you know, end or whatever, and I really was like what i don't know what else to do with my anxiety and like i kept leaving jobs and all this stuff you know i had my suicidal episodes this was around from 2013 to 2016 and um i didn't know what else to do so it wasn't until i found this this app this book that you know i had a framework to to use and i realized that i wasn't in danger this was all just a biological response it's not really at the end of the day a life or death thing um, but there's people that have found it's about information th yeah. not just that but their actual phone their technology has helped them either a know and control their anxiety and 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 other um and other like uh, mental health um issues but also um have found comfort 
in it that, that's what i'm saying like some people you know there's an there's an there's an app for that like there's an app that if you're yeah. feeling a certain so, way like like what you have there what i was gonna say is and you, you're saying that you're codependent on your phone so so, so yeah, are you dependent and, also on the app so yeah so what i was gonna say before it's all about you gotta put these things in a way where they won't get lost in the shuffle when you say you're dependent on it yeah. do you constantly check because everybody does it or do you feel that if you left it at home you wouldn't be able to survive so i did that once and it was the best thing in the world or once or twice but like i think on purpose once or twice there's other times where i just forgot my phone at home and i was really anxious about it but um because there's an anxiety loop with your phone the phone is like a sort of slot machine right so every time and the whole fomo thing and all that stuff you're checking your phone to not be anxious that you're missing out on stuff but then it makes you more anxious because FOMO creates anxiety and all that stuff. But when you put your phone down, then you're anxious that you're missing out. It's just like a cycle, right? You are addicted. So tell me what's like your typical day so yeah, on, your, my tendencies and, on your phone. And, and maybe some of them are good. Like I, I'm telling yeah, you, like no, the Fabulous app is good. But I haven't really talked about like the right. bad parts, you know. And most people don't because they're ashamed and there's shame and all that stuff. But I... You know, I was just watching a mental health documentary and like shame and stigma literally kill, you know, and it's like you have to talk about these things. You have to put them out there because maybe somebody else is going through it. Yeah, I mean, typical day or tendencies or whatever. I don't like being on my phone when I'm out in the world, when I'm interacting with people. The biggest problem actually is when I'm in bed at night and when I'm getting ready. So when I'm it, it just cuts into it just eats so much time. Like when I'm getting ready to go somewhere and I go in waves, there are times where I've been great and haven't really been on my phone when i'm getting ready and i get out on time and i like but now it's like lately especially with the whole sad thing and the winter thing and you know gaining weight because we're eating so much during the holidays and all that stuff i haven't been exercising and part of that's because i've been just more and more on my phone when i have to get ready to go somewhere i got back on the dating apps recently and like that eats up a bunch of time um so it's Ooh, it, sorry. yeah, yeah so it's <laughs> like if it's we are very dependent like we we're even searching for our mates on an app on yeah, our phone i was just watching a piece about that on um this thing called axios on hbo it's a news program and they were talking about how the apps are just taking the place of matchmaker like before it used to be your bartender or your priest or whatever it was they were saying that the algorithm is actually our brains and we're the ones that are filtering through what do you do in bed at so, night yeah, because for, so, for me i can't sleep if i Oh God, this is really bad. Um, I'm t I just told you, I'm trying to get real. Like, I really want people to know what this. I looks don't like. think I. You don't have to, but I. I no, want to. it's just like I. I. In terms of addictions and addictive behaviors, it's really new for people. Like, people don't even know to call it that. Really. I mean, I do go to bed and everything, and I have done it without it. So I, I would say, oh well, you know, if three out of the seven days I don't do it, then it's not really an addiction. Like, I would hold on to that. But like, yeah. sometimes I can't go to sleep if I can't watch something like the office or friends where it's like a comfort because i've seen this episode a thousand times so i know what's gonna happen there's uh, no new thing i mean it's all about nothing is happening at the end of the day, yeah. and i know how it's going to begin i know how it's gonna yeah. end i know where i'm gonna laugh and i feel very comforted <laughs> and then i just go to that's sleep. crazy you break it down that way yeah <laughs> not crazy but like interesting it's all about sense of control so like you see how like i have all these apps and like my folders or whatever i literally have to scan everything before i could put my phone down and go to bed and like, yeah, so like, let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's do this. So like, I have to make sure like all my emails check because I don't like, again, when I'm out, I don't like checking my phone. And I hate oh, email because it's so much. You know, now that you mentioned that, I used yeah. to be one of those people that if I had like a little number on top of my icon, I, I wouldn't. I hate the red number. 
I hate I, the red number. But now number. I'm okay with it. I I take the red number off as much from as many things as I can. I used I used to be like that. Now um, I now I either take it off completely, like I will get nothing. But you know, so I so I have a few notifications, and usually those notifications are if I'm not if I don't get like that's the thing too on Instagram. You can filter out like what notifications you get from people. And if it's on the top of the Instagram icon, yeah, it's probably a notification from somebody that is not one of my priority list. Like, yeah. you know, because usually if that. it's on my priority list, I will get a notification on the on the screen. And I know like phones now, they're trying to create that filter for you because we do not know. Like we, we don't we 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 need we need more control. And they're I find, trying. I, think. I find that I'm having to. So it mentions in the book, it's not in the company's interest to do give you controls that allow you to spend less time on their apps and on the phone. So I find that I've been having to do those things myself. Like I said, I delete Instagram when I'm not on it. Um, I'm on it way too much. But if I had it on my phone, I would never get off of it. Um I don't have like the um, even when it's on my phone, I don't have the little red number pop up. I've had I've taken notifications off of my most notifications off of my locked screen. Um, I don't have that many on my notification thing that you pull down from the top or whatever. Um, I'm the opposite. I feel like I, I used to get anxious about it. And now if I don't have anything on it, I'm just like. Damn, like nothing's going on in my life. So I just, sometimes yeah, I just thing. leave so, like, them there. <laughs> I, I know myself and I know how, how like crazy I can get. So yeah, when I'm in bed at night, like I'm like, all right, now I have to, if I haven't checked my email all day, I'm like anxious about it. I'm like, all right, did I miss something important? Let me check my email. But then I have to like zero it out. Like it's an, it's an obsession in that way. And then, um, you know, go through the dating apps, the swiping forget about it i'm like addicted to that <laughs> like right now like i'm like i got to the point where like i wanted to start getting physical connection and dating and stuff again so i'm like on it more seriously and like actually going on a date after this i was just on it for a while just like swiping just for the fun of that it got to the point where like i had to delete the apps that didn't give me swipe women so like we're getting specific right so like wow I, yeah so like no no like you know i know this is gonna be on the, up there and whatever but i want to get specific about what this stuff really looks like I only use apps that give me swipe limits. A lot of times I'm just swiping through to get through those limits. It's like a video game for me, in a way. Let's talk about the apps that have actually helped us. So if I have issues sleeping and I can't get my mind to quiet down, um, I don't do the Netflix one that I normally do. Um, I do the Thunders Thunderscape. And I've talked about this app. Oh, I haven't heard um, of that. I like rain. I like I I use like rain sounds and thunder sounds. That never worked for me. That that well that works for me, but that's what I'm saying. I Everyone's need, different. you know, my mom one time told me she's like, you know, now you can't sleep without those because when I first got it, Same. I felt like if I didn't hear the rain, I couldn't fall. So asleep. at first, I couldn't fall asleep without the fan, and now right. I still sleep with the fan on. Uh, or some sort of like ambient noise right and the thing is like i sleep in the in the same room as my mom and so i can't have like mm, you know like tough. some people are like hey i'm gonna just get like a rain machine i had to put my earbuds same. in when in I order people to people on vacation or something yeah right or um i know and then yeah so it, but there's a timer there and i usually i usually can fall asleep now 
within 45 minutes of listening to that's good the the app um and i also have um i i used to have um headspace and i had um sanity and self which i told you it was like a series of podcasts and it was by these um it's usually for women but i'm sure everybody can enjoy it um and they have like a series on like self-love on confidence on different things and instead of listening to music which i love to do i would listen to one of those um podcasts because they were very short and they were something to help me learn something if it's still engaging for me i can't listen to it because i'll stay up I mean, then I had ins- uh, insomnia for for a while, and I started listening to this podcast called "Sleep with Me" podcast. Yes, you told me about it. It's so good. Oh my god, it's the best. So this guy, his name is Sco- Deer Scooter, I think. I forgot Drew Ackerman. Uh, he, I'm sure some of you have heard of him, maybe, but he's the best. Like his, he's the best because it's a combination of two things. His voice is very mono- monotone, and it's very conducive to like help you fall asleep. And he's a great storyteller. So it's like literally you're being. I'm too. I get too into it. <laughs> no, no. But in his way, the way he does it, the way it works, I think, is because he hooks you in. If it's a, especially if it's a topic you're inter- interested in, and then as he goes on, it'll be like an hour or two or whatever. Some some of them are like he'll compile them to be like the eight hours or whatever. But he just gets more and more boring, so that you just eventually just drift off because you, he's already got your attention on him and not on your thoughts. The only time that hasn't worked for me is when I have um, some for part of anxiety and a lot of people go through this. You get like night panic or night anxiety. Um, And for me, especially, it's been like if I have a big day the next day, if I have a job that I'm starting or there's a big thing coming up, it's usually a job. um, My biological like my body takes over. So my adrenaline's pumping. I get cold sweats alternating between hot and cold um and you know i just can't fall asleep and part of that you know the part that so the the podcast doesn't help then it just can't it won't and at that point i either accept that i'm not going to sleep or because it's frustrating at first but you have to let go of that frustration because the more you want to sleep the less you'll be able to sleep is like that obsession hinders you with that i just like sort of you just leave it up to god or whatever you want to call it and you just sleep or not and Usually you you are in and out and you do get some sleep during that time, but you don't feel like it. Uh, but then eventually you'll just be tired enough you'll fall asleep. Uh, but yeah, that's just an aside. What what what's something else that you have on your little health, uh, little circ, a uh, little yeah, so, like folder there? Like, what's another really good yeah. app that you recommend? What's the Dare app? So they just recently changed it. It takes four psychological principles, and that's why it's four letters, mm-hmm. and it combines them. But a lot of it is like CBT and uh, cognitive cognitive behavioral therapy. Let me see. Another one is the Coach Me app. I mean, I use that when I work out because it just tracks your progress. And you could do it for other goals. It just it's a link of how many days have I done this. I like the Fabulous app. We mentioned it yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna put all get the more links into below. Yeah, that one's good. I just saw a thing on there about live challenges and when i was looking at called deep work setting aside 25 minutes a day to work on something but yeah in terms of good apps let's see the like i mentioned before the oprah and deepak uh meditation uh app and what about once you are 
full diving into Instagram. And I mentioned this before. I did a whole clean out of my Instagram because it's the app that I spend the most time on. And, and to, like my social media app that I spend the most time yeah, on. Same. And so I only follow um, a, a lot of the accounts that I follow are not people there are like things about quotes or things about yeah, writing i have a problem like, i follow so, a lot of hot girls i used so, to go with and stuff and it's like, um yeah so like i try like not candy for me i i try not to because i'm one of those people that compares my life to others and until i i until i learn the discipline of, of balancing life and, and knowing not to do that to the extent where i get anxious um i just don't do it and so until i learn to control that i'm not going to get you well, know that's, put that's things that I, trigger me there yeah. so i've learned to follow things like for example like i follow um fierce me too and it's like a page on all about like um uh, being latina yeah. and and I don't know if I you know like yeah page. right like uh, things that are empowering i i um We're a both female American, by the way right <laughs> to, uh, disclose that um well they they know it's, it's, it's season four i've yeah. i've done episodes on it but um like i i like um female hustlers things that have to do with like empowerment but then i also follow something like the office parody which i love because in one is a, is a show that i like and i feel comfortable with but it's something funny uh, up against BuzzFeed's news or other news sources where it's just like disasters. And what I'm trying to do now is follow less pages um, that have to do with like the entertainment industry, even though that's an industry that I'm trying to. Yeah, but then you feel like I'm not doing as much as these people. It depends. Like, I'm, I mean, I, I rather for sure. like, for example, like I started to like unfollow something like E! News and I just. Yeah, replaced it with fluff. but i replaced it with something like people yeah. or like you know like things like okay. that i feel like it's half and half i feel i follow a lot of festival people like i said i follow way too many girls hot girls i went to school with you know friends from just from different places in terms of real people like friends i met through work through other just like i live a very multifaceted life it's not glamorous but i just i've lived a lot of different lives in my life um i've had a lot of resets and a lot of start overs and all that stuff you know so the half of it is half of it is that you know people through different avenues of life avenues of life and um the other half is just like actors and directors and dp like cinematographers and um celebs as mental health pages comedians i don't really follow as much in my family or sometimes maybe i do but i don't like try to keep up as much i need separation I think I need that separation between my own life and my family life. And I think that this episode, and I think this is why I kind of wanted to do it even around this time in a way, just because we feel all of that even more now during the holidays when we are both, you know, it, within our family. And some of us don't have that much family or have issues with our family members. Yeah. And it's very easy for us to just kind of like go to Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner or whatever and just sit on our phones because we do not want to interact yep. with the real world. And then it goes back to that whole thing of like technology and our and our social media and things. Times. So I feel like it kind of, yeah. at least this episode is a good gateway um, yeah. to to kind of have other episodes and other about, about mental health. But I love that it came out um, during this time. My my whole thing and my advi unsolicited advice is to we build technology to make our lives easier and we shouldn't be controlled by it. We should control it. So I know 
that we can do this. I know that there are ways for us to utilize social media and our phones and technology for our own gain and, and to and to cope with our own issues. We shouldn't be yeah. making it so much it's so that the things that we build to help us are the things that are killing us. So we yeah, you know Skynet what I'm saying? Is real. Terminate that there are like we mentioned, you know, really great apps. And I think that if you are somebody who is addicted to your phone and and like me, like I'm, you know, constantly looking at it and things like that, what are ways for me to look at it and instead of feeling crappy about myself, yeah, can it's, feel it's balance, something, you know, positive. Thank you again, Dave, for um for coming on. Happy holidays to everybody who yep. celebrates. And and yes, and if you need a break, just know that it, it is perfectly okay to take a break and not also, celebrate with everybody else <laughs> it's okay to not use your phone if you're out alone in the world you know you can put it away and experience life being alone and being with yourself and loving yourself is great mm-hmm.